Welcome to the fourth episode of the Spinner is Lit Pinball Podcast. Tonight's episode, episode four, is Pinagogo We Go. With us tonight is one of the organizers of the Pinagogo Pinball Show, Steve Faith. Steve, welcome to the show. Thank you, Spencer. I'm glad to be here. Wonderful, wonderful. Uh, you know, I figured we'd start at the beginning because everything has a beginning. Um, can we go back and talk about the origins of Pinagogo, how it all got started? Oh, absolutely. It's actually, uh, I think, a pretty interesting story. So uh, Pinagogo <clears throat> really started in the mid-80s on somebody's front lawn, and that was a guy named Walt Shrinker, and he lived in Roseville, and it was probably a couple of dozen guys that he invited to come over <clears throat> excuse me, uh, bring their pinball machines and they set up on his front lawn and uh, had their own little pinball party. And let's see, that went on for a couple of years and then as everything, uh, it grew and they moved it to a rental hall of some sort in Roseville after that. And uh, a couple of years after that, they moved it to the Roseville Fairgrounds in Roseville, California. And uh, it continued on. It, it When it moved to the fairgrounds, it got its first name, and that was Pinathon. Um, the show did well, but it was losing money, and, uh, you know, they needed to pay rent and all that kind of stuff. So uh, a couple of other guys in about 1995 offered to take the show over, and uh, Walt Schlinker said, yeah, sure, go ahead. And they moved it to Dixon, California, and I think the first time it was in Dixon was in about 1966. And when it moved to Dixon, it got a, a new name, and that was uh, the name it has today, which is Pentagogo. And, and that was 1996? 1996, that's right. Okay. And uh, so... It continued on as Pinagogo. Uh, the two guys that took it over eventually handed it off to somebody else, and they ran it for a while. And then we got the show in nineteen no, sorry, uh, two thousand and eleven. Okay, cool, cool. Um, okay, we already answered my next question, which was how the show got its name. Or actually, well, you really did. How did it become? Pinagogo. Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. Well, <clears throat> the, uh, the the cool thing about the name, and I don't know who who picked it, um, but it's named after a 1966 Williams four-player pinball machine called a go-go, and uh, that's a hyphen go hyphen go, and so that's why we call it Pinagogo. Um, and if you look at the back glass, uh, you know, it, it matches, 
it matches the music intro you did uh, this evening. Um, so the back class has go-go dancers on it. And uh, the artwork was done by uh, Christian Marsh. And Christian Marsh has this typical uh, style where everything's pointy. So, you know, he he wasn't good at drawing hands. So if you look at all the figures that he draws on all of his pinball machines, they're just, I think it's uh, like three fingers and a thumb, and uh, they're all just pointy. Yeah, it's it's almost like Hanna-Barbera animation. Yeah. So you got involved around 2011 with the show? Yeah, so uh, the guys that were doing it, great guys, but I think they were a little tired of it. And uh, it was it was done as a pretty casual thing. You know, it's, it's always been um, the weekend after Mother's Day. And uh, I think it was... Pretty much, you you roll up the door, and uh, people just know to show up on that weekend with their pinball machines, um, and so they <clears throat> they were a little tired of doing it. They had uh, businesses to run and so forth, and so we asked if we if it'd be okay if we took over the show, and it was uh, it was three of us, and uh, <laughs> we we had no idea really what we were getting ourselves into, but. Um, they said, yeah, sure, go ahead. <laughs> I think they were probably kind of happy to get rid of it. And uh, so we got the show in 2011. And it's continued to grow quite a bit since then. Yeah, you know, it's uh, <clears throat> it's been interesting. When we took it over, um, there were a handful of things that we really liked about the show. And I think if you talk to anybody who's been coming to Pinagogo for um, for a few years, um, there's a very emotional attachment to the show. And so, you know, it's, uh, uh, you've been there. I know the listeners, some of the listeners may not have been. It's at the Dixon Mayfair and it's in Dixon, California, which is a little central Valley town in, in California. And, uh, it's, it's really out in farmland. And, you know, if you, if you come out of the hall and you take a deep whiff, um, you can probably smell a little bit of manure in the air, uh, or wet soil or, or something like that. So it's, it's really out there in the farmland and that's part of its charm. You know, it's a, it's kind of a little country show. Um, <clears throat> the other part of the show that we really liked, um, that we really wanted to keep was, uh, the fact that it's a family friendly show. So it's something that, you know, kids can come to, we, we give, provide stools we have activities for kids um and it's it's fun for the whole family and we didn't want to lose that flavor when we took over the show i think that's one of the best things about pinagogo you know over the years going um you know i talked to people at the show and talked to people before and after the show you know online and in person and it's always the same things are always said it's always like a family reunion you know, and you see, you, you see parents with their kids and grandparents taking their kids and, and, you know, talking to them about, you know, when we were young, this is what we had. And, you know, we had to go to, you know, the pizza place or, or you know, the, the miniature golf course or whatever. And it almost always kind of reminds me of uh, like the old, uh, uh, oh, I don't know, like an old R gang where it's like, hey, kids, let's clean the barn up and bring in the pinball machines and put on a show. 
but that's the charm of it. It's not, you know, this, you know, I, I know there are, there are shows that they have in really nice, you know, hotel ballrooms and things like that. I know those are great shows, but, um, you know, I, I, I think that's always part of the charm is it's just a really laid back thing and, and it's come as you are. Everybody just comes and gets together and, and, and makes it a great weekend. Yeah, I uh, I agree completely. You know, I I never really thought about it in in some of the terms you put it in, but um, I think you hit the nail on the head. And the, and the other thing about the show, I mean, a lot of shows, but um, it's the people, and you're more likely, I think, to find uh, a group of people standing in the aisle talking to each other than uh, playing pinball sometimes. Yeah, yeah. That, I mean, it, it's it's such a, a kind of a just a, a happening, you know, and it's everybody looks forward to it so much. Um, when did you? Well, not when. And how did you get the name Jungle Queen Steve? <laughs> well, I think it was uh, probably around two thousand and four. Um, you know, I had I had played some pinball as a kid. I grew up in in rural Sonoma County, California. And uh, we didn't go out to eat too much, but when we did, it was typically uh, to some um, Italian-American restaurant. And uh, <laughs> at least at least in Sonoma County, maybe other places, the bar was always in the front and the restaurant was in the back. And so you'd walk through the bar to get to the restaurant. And, um, you know, the, the adults would sit around the table and they'd want to talk after the meal was over and the kids were fidgety and um, my parents would just hand me you know a handful of dimes and they'd say go to the bar and play the pinball machine and um, so I would you know and this was you know it was a long time ago I won't date myself but a long time ago well maybe I already did when I said you know dimes (laughs) but uh so nobody cared if there was a kid in the bar playing the pinball machine, you know, even though it was 21 and over, they just kind of looked the other way. And so I had completely forgotten about loving pinball and uh, playing it as a kid. And in 2004, uh, <clears throat> I remember telling my wife, I said, you know, I think I want a pinball machine. And I think we'd been married about um, 18, 20 years at the time. And she just looked at me because she thought she knew all about me, and and this was something she didn't know. <laughs> and uh, a few weeks went by, and and I happened to run into somebody at work <clears throat> who uh, happened to have three pinball machines for sale, and he had bought them at Pinagogo. Oh wow! Um, year, years before, yeah. And he was living in Dixon, and he says, "You know, I'm I'm getting rid of the." all my pinball machines. And I said, would you mind if I came over and took a look? And so I went over and, uh, you know, the one that I could afford was a 1976 Gottlieb four player game called jungle queen. And, uh, I bought it and I brought it home and I, it needed some work. So I started researching and working on it and, uh, it really helped me get in touch with a lot of different pinball people, uh, especially folks like Al Garber. And uh, they were giving me hints about things to do and what to repair. And then I told my wife, I said, you know, uh, if I'm going to work on this game, I need another game to play 
while I'm working on this game. And uh, she kind of rolled her eyes and said, okay, go ahead. And uh, anyway, that's that's where it started. Nice. nice. It, it, it always starts out so organically, you know. Yeah. Um, and that's the cool thing about it. Just remember something from your youth. And, oh, hey, you know, we should, should get one of these. Especially when the wife says, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. <laughs> and then they either well, get more into it than you or they regret it. Right. It's uh, It's not like stamp collecting, that's for sure. It's not like what? Stamp collecting. Oh, yeah, yeah, because you can fit those anywhere, and, and they don't weigh 300 pounds. And, uh, <laughs> you know. But I, I guess some can cost more. Uh, Pinagogo, I know, is, is uh, unique and that it's a not-for-profit show. Um, where do the proceeds go? Yeah, that's a great question, and uh, a lot of people don't know this about the show. So, so when we took it over... Um, we wanted to, um, you know, le- legitimize the show, and so we formed a corporation. And then we also um, we didn't want to make any money, and so we uh, got approval to be a nonprofit, a five hundred one c three, through both the federal government and the state government. And so, you know, nobody nobody gets a salary from the show. Um, nobody's Nobody's a paid employee of, of Pentagogo. And what we do is every year we cover our expenses. That's, you know, rent and incidentals and all that kind of stuff. And then everything that's left over <clears throat> goes to uh, a youth charity. And in the past, it has been, um, in the early days of Pentagogo, it was typically the, the Boys and Girls Club. And uh, for the last... Um, five years we have given all of the money to the dixon teen center which helps uh give teens a place to go it provides them um resources tutors to come in and help them with their school work and uh basically you know give them a a place to be and not causing trouble Excellent, excellent. Well, you know, that's another great thing about Pinagogo as opposed to a lot of other shows. Not that they're not all great shows. They are. But, you know, it's really the community giving back to the community. Yeah, and, you know, that's always worked out good for us. Uh, You know, we get a lot of our volunteers from the community, and when they hear that we're not making money, uh, you know, they they love to volunteer because they know it's going uh, to a good cause. Oh, I should also mention that um, the one exception is the tournament. So the tournament we do every year, um, the proceeds, the entry fees for the tournament, uh, go completely to the Pacific Pinball Museum, which is another nonprofit in the uh, Sacramento Bay, Bay Area. Right, right. Yeah, the Pacific Pinball Museum, for anybody that hasn't been, uh, is if you're into pinball at all, uh, it's definitely uh, a must-see. Uh, frequently, I would add, so because they have a huge collection, and they change it up often. So, um, yeah, get the don't miss. All right. So, uh, what what can we expect at this year's show? I'm very excited. I know there's a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, uh, you know, I would say uh, as as boring as it sounds, more of the same. So, I would expect that uh, this year will be like the last few years, um, which is to say, it should be fun. Um, you'll see some of the newest pinball machines there, uh, games like, uh, Domino's, uh, pizza from spooky pinball. 
Um, we'll have a Houdini there from American Pinball. Um, there'll be an Attack from Mars or two from Planetary Pinball. That's the remake uh, that just came out. Um, you'll probably also see uh, Dialed In from Jersey Jack Pinball. Um, you know, we always do little seminars. We do Sunday School, we call it, uh, which uh, anybody who wants to learn um, novice or... Uh, or, or otherwise would like to know, <clears throat> learn some techniques about how to play pinball. We have uh, people that will teach you how to do that. Uh, you know, just all sorts of little fun things here and there. Um, make sure and get your show scheduled when you walk in the door. Wonderful, wonderful. Uh, what's the entry fee for this year's show? Oh, uh, let's see. Uh, well, we do a three-day pass. And uh, it's $50 for all three days, and that's from uh, 1 p.m. on Friday, May 19th. And remember, this is the weekend after Mother's Day, always the weekend after Mother's Day. So that's Friday at 1 o'clock through um, Sunday at 5 p.m., Sunday, May 21st. So that three-day pass gets you in. Um, if you just want to do uh, Friday or Sunday, that's $20. Uh, Saturday is $30. Uh, we also have a two-day pass. We'll sell on Saturday only for $45. And um, as you, as always, kids are half price because we want to make it a family-friendly show and we, want, we don't want to break the bank on uh, families that want to come and have some fun. And if you are active military and you have your ID, um, you're also half price. Wonderful. Excellent. That's that's uh, being a veteran myself. I really appreciate that. Uh, you know, you you give back to the veterans. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, now we also have vendors at the show. Yeah, we. Uh, I wish we had more space for vendors. Uh, we uh, last couple of years we've gotten a lot more requests for uh, participation from vendors than we have space. So we've had to turn a few folks away, unfortunately. But. Um, some of the some of the big names that'll be there, uh, Bay Area Amusements, uh, also known uh, as Planetary Pinball, um, Nifty LED will be there. They've they're great folks. Uh, if you want to put LEDs in your game, they're the folks to see. Uh, Pinball Classics, that's Rob Anthony. Um, he'll be there uh, repairing boards and selling all sorts of stuff that I end up giving him lots of money because I know I too. can't live without them. <laughs> yeah. Um, Starship Fantasies will be there. Those are the folks that sell um, new ramps, new play fields, new plastics. And uh, as always, uh, Pinbits will be there selling some of their mods. Uh, Cliffy will be there selling his protectors and lots more folks. Excellent, excellent. So you mentioned uh, uh, Jersey Jack is going to be there. And uh, the folks from Houdini, American Pinball, are going to be at the show. Yeah, Jolly oh. Backer is his name. Okay, great, great. That's going to be uh, that's going to be a lot of fun getting to meet them and talk with them. It's always good to see Jack. You know, he's become he's become like one of the regulars, so it's always nice to see him every year. Uh, now, Dirty Donnie is going to be at the show, also, if I'm I'm correct. Yes, you are correct. He will be there. Uh, he'll have a table. Uh, he'll be. Signing autographs. If you have, uh, you know, any translites, or if you bring your 
one of the games that he's done, which it would be, let's see, that's Aerosmith, uh, Metallica. He also did the Pabst Can Crusher. Stern put that out. And uh, uh, he also did a, a one-off game for a San Francisco band called the Helicopters. And uh, it's a pretty awesome uh, one-off game. So those will, <clears throat> I think we'll have it, I definitely know we'll have Aerosmith, Metallica, and Helicopters there. I don't know about a can crusher, but he'll be there, and he'll be happy to sign anything you want. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, I played Helicopters a couple of years ago and really enjoyed that. Yeah, it's it's definitely funky, but it's it's really beautiful. I should also mention that um, Donnie has a book out uh, of his artwork, and you know, for those of us who are old enough to remember, like rat rods and so forth, uh, he does the kind of the rat fink style of art, right. which is uh, pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, being a little kid, I remember that having you know, like some of the models of like the rat fink and stuff. Mm -hmm. and, uh, those are, those are really cool. And they really tie into pinball and and kind of the whole. Uh, I, you know, the a whole retro pinball thing, you know, yeah, um, right. that's awesome. Now we know there's a tournament. Um, and so the proceeds of that go to the Pacific pinball museum, which is really cool. Um, a great thing about the tournament is, is, you know, there's some really good people that come there, but it's also a great tournament for somebody who has never done a tournament before. Oh, um, absolutely. I, I, in fact, I remember the first year I came to Pinagogo, it was the first time I ever competed. In fact, you and I played uh, in that tournament together, if I recall correctly. I think we did. We, yeah. I don't think we knew each other that well at that time, but, uh, you know, that that was awesome. It was, yeah. And that's a pin golf format, isn't it? It's still the, the same format this year? Yeah, and I think, you know, the, <clears throat> the, it is. And the great thing about pin golf is that it is so accessible to anybody who's just starting out to try and play a tournament. It's it's not intimidating at all because, you know, you, you have a goal. Like, you know, hit this target, and uh, then after you hit that target, then, um, you know, hit that spinner kind of a thing. And so you don't have to know all of the strategies uh, and all the rule sets for the games. You just have to know a couple things to do. Right, right. No, and that's you know, like I said, I'd never, I'd never competed ever before. And I came to the tournament. I came, you know, it was the first time I'd come to the show. And you know, I pretty much understood. You know, even if I had never played the game before, uh, you know, it, when they explained the, the what we're supposed to do, the objectives, they were pretty simple and straightforward. And and it was a really positive thing, and really made me want to compete more. And uh, you know, so now I'm I'm in a league, which is really fun. Um. Now, is there food on site? Uh, there is. Uh, uh, before I talk about food, I'll also mention that with the tournament, there's also a kids' tournament. Yes. Uh, so if you are, uh, I think it's 13 and under, um, you know, uh, register your kids. It's super cheap. Um, everybody has a good time. And, uh, you know, k kids really love it. They really love it. Um, yeah, food. Uh, the Dixon Teen Center um, sets up a awesome food booth right between the two big halls, and they sell, uh, you know, really good and fresh food. So they usually do like 
uh, hamburgers, cheeseburgers, hot dogs, um, chicken, chicken breast sandwiches, uh, you know, all sorts of pop and candy and uh, fresh, fresh baked cookies and trying to think what else they sell i think they started tri-tip sandwiches what last year or yeah, the year before yeah tri-tip sandwiches it's um it's good stuff you know and it really hits the spot and uh <clears throat> it's a great place to hang out we have picnic tables out there and you'll find a lot of people uh kind of hanging around out there um chewing the fat so to speak yeah, yeah. Well, that's also where the the uh, swap meet happens on Saturday morning. Yeah, you know, swap meets uh kind of a big success story. Uh when we first started the when we took over the show, um swap meet was pretty small and now we now we have people driving entire trucks full of stuff in and unloading and uh you know, kind of lasts most of the afternoon and uh lots of treasures in there. Oh, definitely. I've, I've found a few good things, parts and back glasses and like that over the years. And it's just fun to talk with people. Um, mm -hmm. I think uh, you know, so, um, you know, there, there's so much going on at the show. Um, well, they mentioned it, you know, the last couple of years, there's been two buildings full of pinball machines instead of just one. Yeah, you know, it <clears throat> it was really just the the main hall for a while and then it expanded into um, there, there's another hall that's attached to that to the main hall main hall is called madden the one that's attached is madden dining that's where we put all the the uh electromechanical pinball machines and then across the way is denverton hall and that's where a lot of other games and some vendors go and i really wish we had a th you know a, a fourth hall to put stuff in but um we're just out of room right now Right. Uh, roughly how many games uh, do we expect to have this year? Well, we always promise over 100. And, uh, you know, how many are we going to have? I'm not sure. Um, I, For two or three years, we've had as as many as 300 plus. You know, it. <laughs> it's funny. If you go around and count and you come back around and you count again, it's a different number because there's always uh, a few uh, coming late. <laughs> and uh, uh, once in a while one breaks down and it goes into the pinball hospital so right. uh uh but there's there's lots and lots of games plenty for everybody to play yeah no that's one of the great things too and, and, and of every era you know like i said you see the newest games there the em room that's you know usually where i find my boys uh they seem to just love the em and i always try to get in there and spend some time you know you mentioned al garver earlier and uh, I make it a point every year to go to the EM room and play at least one game on his fireball. Yep, <clears throat> that's a that's a pretty special machine. Uh, you know, we uh, well, I won't go into the whole story, but um, it's awesome that we were able to uh, get that game back out of somebody's home. Um, we bought it back, and uh, it lives at the Pacific Pinball Museum, but. Every year it makes a, an appearance at Pinagogo. And one of the awesome things about it is it has a giant fire bell on top that if you get the bonus, that bell rings and everybody knows it. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. I got I to gotta remember that this year when I play it. In fact, the first year I came to Pinagogo, 
uh, I played it in the tournament. And, uh, oh, that did was, you really? Yeah, yeah, it was in the tournament the first year. Um, in fact, I learned how to really hit the skill shot because I watched Johnny O hitting because I was playing uh, with him oh, and uh-huh. uh, learned how to do this to do the skill shot pretty pretty well on there. Um, yep. <sighs> we lost uh, another good friend this year, uh, Steve Sharwin. Um, yeah, we sure did. You know, and that's been rough on all of us. I know. Um, what did he mean to Pinagogo? Well, you know, it's uh, it's it's in in many ways, it's uh, it's a little hard to separate Pinagogo from Steve Sharland. Uh, he has been an icon at the show. Um, you know, it, definitely um, as soon as it moved to. Um, Nixon, California in the mid nineties. Um, he may have been involved, uh, before that. In fact, I was, I was looking just today at some old photos and, uh, I think it was 97. There's an article in the pin game journal, uh, about Pinagogo. And, uh, sure enough, one of the photos is, uh, Steve working on one of the four Gottlieb spirits that was there that year. Um, so, you know, he's, he's Mr. System 80 and, uh, he always brings some really awesome, uh, System 80 games and, uh, he knows everything about them and, you know, he would always, uh, hang around his games and help you learn how to play them and talk about the significance of different features of the game. And, uh, I think a lot of people got their appreciation for System 80 games, um, purely because of Steve. Oh, definitely. You know, there's several people in uh, the uh, uh, the league I play in that that own several system majors, or at least one or two. And it's because you know they really didn't even know about them so much until you know Steve had pointed out, hey, you know, you got to try this. Have you seen this game? And you know, the biggest regret I have as far as uh, the show goes is I'd been talking about starting a podcast for two or three years. And we were uh-huh. at a gathering at a friend's house one night playing to them all talking. And I said, Steve, I want to start a, a podcast and I would love for you to come on the show and, and interview you and have you tell all these great stories you always tell. And he just smiled and kind of shrugged his shoulders and said, Oh, nobody wants to hear from me. And you know, and that's, that's my biggest regret that I didn't start this show sooner and I was never able to get him on because I think, I think so many people who knew him and, and people that, didn't know him or only knew him, you know, online on the forums would have really enjoyed hearing some of those great stories he used to tell. Oh yeah. Well, for those people who never met him in person, you know, he's, he's just as friendly in person as he is online. And, uh, you know, if you sit down and talk to Steve or if you're in a group, uh, and Steve's in that group and you're talking, um, you know, he had this really kind of uncanny, ability to make you feel very comfortable, um, when you were talking to him and he, and you know, even though he didn't think he had great stories, he has a lot of great stories. Yeah, he, he did, you know, and, uh, I, I, you know, I know like everybody, you know, I just, I am so thankful that I got to know him even a little bit, you know, because he was just such an awesome, just such an awesome human being, you know, and, uh, gave so much to, to our crazy little hobby. Um, that's actually all the questions I had. Did you have anything else you wanted to add to this? Uh, can't think of anything. Uh, just, 
you know, encourage everybody to, uh, if you if you can make it, uh, come on out and visit us at Pinagogo, especially if you've never been there before. Um, we want to get to know you and we want you to, uh, enjoy everything that we have to offer at the show. Awesome. Um, and be, before I let you go, I want to, I want to tell this story to the, to the listeners out there. Um, this will be my eighth year in a row going to Pinagogo. The first year I went, my wife and I, I drove cause I was living in Chico at the time, Chico area. And, uh, we drove down the show in Dixon cause I live in Sacramento area now. And, uh, we came down on Saturday, didn't know a single person. I'd never met anyone, uh, of the people, you know, just a few people talking online, like on Sacramento pinball group at that time. I don't even think I was on pin side. I was just kind of lurking. I was fairly new to the hobby as far as, you know, collecting and having them at home. And, uh, you're one of the first people I met. And I love telling this story because, you know, walked in as soon as, you know, walked in to pay our money, it was like, you know, you're introducing yourself and you're shaking our hands. So you had a big smile on your face. And other people are coming up and going, hey, this is Spencer and Rusty. You know, they're on Sacramento Pinball Group. And, and you really, you really made us feel welcome. And, uh, I've never forgotten that. I make sure and tell everybody that. And I also challenge everyone that I know that goes to Pinagogo at least once. If you come back a second year, which they always seem to, uh, you know, go up and introduce yourself to, to three or four people you see walking around that you think, hey, you know, I've never seen them before. And bring somebody new. Everybody I brought to the show has brought somebody new the next year. So, um, well, that's a, that's a great story. I'm, I'm glad I didn't piss you off the first time I met you. Now nah, you're awesome, <laughs> and you're always awesome. You know, and it's always that you know that's look, pinball is awesome. It's great. We all love it. But Pinagogo is about so much more than pinball. It's about community. You know, and that's a and that's the the thing that I really try to emphasize on people. Once you come, you'll just, it's like Christmas. You'll just, you know, you'll count the days on the calendar till next year's show. And just, you're like a little kid at Christmas. You can't wait for it because it's the community. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was talking to somebody in, uh, I happened to be in Reno uh, a week ago and I uh, knew there was <clears throat> a pinhead there and I went to visit him. And he said, yeah, you know, I can't wait to Pentagogo. He says, in my life, um, there's, you know, the week of Pentagogo, and then there's the 51 weeks without Pentagogo. I think that about sums it up. <laughs> well, Steve, that's, I, I, that's you know, uh, all I had for tonight as far as, you know, questions. And, uh, you know, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing the history of Pentagogo and uh, all the information. We're 35 days away. Uh, you know, it's going to be an amazing show as always. And every year it just gets better. Well, thank you very much for inviting me. And as, as always, it's a pleasure to talk to you, Spencer. Yep. Look forward to seeing you in uh, about 34 days. Okay. Will do. All right. Thanks for coming on the show. Have a great night. Thanks. Good night. Well, that's our show for tonight, everyone. Uh, thank you for tuning in. Uh, the website for Pinagogo is pinagogo.org. And this has been episode four of the Spinner's Lit pin, uh, Pinball Podcast. Uh, if you'd like uh, to reach out to me, my email address is thespinnerslit at gmail.com. Uh, please feel free to send your show ideas or if you'd like to be a guest on the show. Have a great night. 